Hello, everyone. Welcome to Peace of Authenticity Podcast. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Jordan. And we are the Andersons. In 2020, the Lord really challenged us on starting our own podcast. And so we invite you to join us on the journey of following Jesus every day. So let's grow together and learn together. What is up? Hello, everybody. Okay, so I thought about something with the office. I mean, I'm wearing an office shirt, but when he came in as Fat Halpert, he goes, hello, everybody. So, hello, everybody. Welcome. What's up? Welcome to the show. Welcome back for the continuation of last week's episode. So, just to recap, and if you haven't watched it, like we always say, when we're doing a series, yes. it always helps to go back to the episode before the way we talk in this one we figure you have already seen yeah but just a little recap right so we went through the education system of the biblical hebrew way of doing things like in the time of jesus Mm -hmm. all the way from when you're born until you're 15 or whatever years old um, and it's split up into different education systems for for the boys and the girls Um, but we went through all that last week so i was just going to kind of recap that for a second because mm-hmm. um, because when we understand who Jesus is, there are several scriptures in the Bible where people distinctly call Jesus rabbi. And so in order to really understand what that means, some versions of the Bible say teacher, but in the Hebrew culture, becoming a rabbi was a process. And I also think that it's important that you know, in the in the beginning life of Jesus, before his ministry started at 30, right? So if you remember last week's episode, we went through from the ages of 15 to 30, you become a disciple of a rabbi. So that when you turn 30 years old, if you're to the place where you're supposed to be, your rabbi then will turn around and give you authority, right? You will become a rabbi at that point. I think it's interesting that Jesus' ministry began somewhere around that point. Mm -hmm. And the only time that we hear about Jesus, I mean, we know about his birth. It's in there. Maybe during Christmas time, everybody reads that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like my family does, reads Mm -hmm. the story of Jesus' birth and everything like that. But um, the only other thing that we hear about is when Jesus is 12 years old, like what we talked about last week, and he was teaching and asking questions. The Bible says that the leading teachers there were astonished at both his questions and his answers, which lines up in there. So I believe, and many scholars believe along with what we're talking about today, that the reason why we don't hear much of Jesus's life up until the time that his ministry begins is because he was in rabbi training. Mm -hmm. He was very busy memorizing yeah. Uh, debating, questioning, you know, questions and learning all of these certain things that rabbis, you know, future rabbis would learn. And, and even the parables that Jesus spoke of and things like that, that is how rabbis taught. And of course, like even, even Jews today that still don't believe Jesus was the Messiah, like they say some of his parables, parables are the most precise and like amazing parables that a rabbi has spoken. So I just love that too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about a new place. Yeah. Well, before we before we go um, to Luke chapter six, is that where you're going to go? Um, I was just going to talk about Mount. Oh yeah, the yeah, Mount. where we were at this time. Okay, so yes. um, just to just to hit 
everything into place from last week's teaching, the process to be rabbi. If you get the title rabbi, that was a term of great respect. So even when Jesus comes out and tells everyone, uh, you know, people start to realize when he asked Peter, we've already talked about this, who do people say that I am? One of the things that people say that he is is a great rabbi or a teacher. So that is a term of great respect, mm -hmm. meaning a lot of people would never say this is the son of God, but they recognized his ability to interpret scripture. And so they would call him great rabbi or good teacher or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, today we're going somewhere different. We were in Capernaum last week. Yes, which is, this is all still in the Galilee region because, mm -hmm. I mean, that's where Jesus did most of his ministry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we climbed up Mount Arbel and it is beautiful when you get to the top, which takes a while. It's pretty steep, honestly. I, I would say that was our hardest climb to where I was like, my legs are burning. Even like my chest is burning, you yeah. know, like with the climb. It was a great climb though. Yeah. And it was kind of cool because, you know, being from Oklahoma, we show up on the scene to the site to where we're going to start climbing. There's cattle all yes, at the bottom all of the, Mount And Arbel. even sort of going up, like yeah. they were up pretty, they were, and they were like beautiful wildflowers. I bet we have pictures of that. Mm -hmm. And it was just beautiful. And there was actually a... Um, there were cities down at the bottom, like towns more so. Towns, they weren't cities. But remember those ones that were right there? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it was, was a great view from up there. Mm -hmm. You could see the the Sea of Galilee. It was mm -hmm. like right by it. I mean, it was just beautiful. You could see the whole region. And so, yeah, once we get to the top, we have this amazing teaching from Brad. And it goes perfectly with what we had learned in Capernaum, Capernaum too. It just takes it to another level. Um, and so, yeah, it was just amazing so mount arbel is actually super significant because if you look at uh where are you oh luke 6 12 through 13 it talks about i'll read it to you but just go ahead and know that the mountain it's talking about is mount arbel because it is the only mountain on the sea of galilee okay so let me read this in these days he jesus went out to the mountain to pray and all night he continued in prayer to god and when day came, he called his disciples and chose them from uh, chose from them twelve, whom he named apostles. And of course, it lists those, the twelve um, yeah. disciples. And so Jesus literally climbed up Mount Arbel just like we did, and he was praying all night and you know seeking the Lord, like who who were the ones I'm going to name apostle? Who were the, you know all all these things? Just spending that time with him. So it was really cool to know that we were up on the mountain where that happened. But yeah. more happened, but we'll go. We'll go yeah, but it also makes me wonder, so the, the Bible tells us that he chose from them 12, which, me, which makes me kind of go, okay, so how many people actually climbed this mountain with him? And then if you climbed the mountain all the way to the top and then Jesus didn't pick you, like you'd have to climb all the way back Did down. they go with him? I, isn't that what it said? I don't know. It just says in these days he went out. He went out to the mountain to pray and all night he continued in prayer. And, and when, when day came, came, he called his disciples. Oh, okay. So yeah, maybe, so he chose from the 12. Maybe from the top. He said, hey, you 12, come mm -hmm. and climb this mountain with me. Because obviously, if you're going to climb all that way up there, and, and you know, of course, now it's like a national park or something, so they've made it to where it's relatively easy Yeah, and there's climbable. actually like bars you can grab yeah. onto on certain really steep rocks. But back stuff. in the day, it was probably pretty challenging. And with so, sandals, yeah, we had it would hiking suck. boots. Yeah, it would suck to climb up there and then just be like, yeah, you're not, I'm not picking you. 
I don't know. That feels like maybe third grade, like kickball, where you get picked last, yeah. and you're like, seriously, guys, you don't even yeah, understand. Jesus, Jesus is like, I teams are good. even bounced, dude. <laughs> I always it's, got it, it's six on six bounce. That brings me bad memories. Yeah, let's not go into that. Yeah. So anyway, we're at Mount Arbel, and it was it was awesome. Beautiful. But, okay. So so Jesus is up there, and he picked his twelve, and. And we were going from there to mm-hmm. uh, talking about. So uh, we only said a few things, maybe one or two things at the end of the podcast for last week. But we were talking about there are rabbis, of course, but then there are rabbis with authority and there's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And we had no idea who they were until we went to Israel. We didn't know any of this. And it was really cool to learn it because um, so there are just so many scriptures of people. They're either questioning where Jesus got this authority and things like that. And it kind of was confusing to read, but now like it'll be able to make so much sense to you. So I'm going to go through these verses where it actually talks about the authority Jesus had and it blowing people away. Okay. So the first one I'm going to read is Matthew 7, 28 through 29. And it says, and when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. And the scribes are of course the ones who would write down on the scrolls, the Torah, the Holy Scriptures, and things like that. Well, um, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, oh, I no, think that fine. scribes also were kind of disciples of the rabbis oh, with authority. Mm-hmm. And so once you were a rabbi that gained authority, you were able to bring out new interpretations of Scripture. Yeah. And so the, the rabbis with authority would read the Scripture, and then they would teach their disciples that. And then every time there was a teaching moment, I imagine there were scribes writing down Mm, these new interpretations of scripture. So then a scribe would therefore be a disciple who was just repeating what a, uh, you know, what a, what a rabbi with authority would say. So when Jesus was talking, they were, people were literally saying, this is, this is not some repeated information. Yeah. This This is is coming straight from him. He's preaching with, he's teaching with authority. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that's and good. so that's where we have that first instance right there where people are like, wow, the authority. Yeah. And then yet again, I mean, these are all going to be so similar, but I want to read them all to you. This is Mark 1, And it says, and they were astonished at his teaching for he uh, taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes, almost word for word. Yeah. Um, and then we have Mark 1, through 28. And it says, and they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, who is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And then John 2, 18 So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? So they're asking Um, by whose authority are you doing these things? (laughs) And then, um, so that was actually after Jesus threw over the tables at the temple. So, I mean, yeah, he did a pretty controversial thing. So they're like, whoa, bro, uh, please tell me you're at least rabbi with authority and you have some interpretation as to why you Yeah. I feel like, I feel like some (laughs) of those instances are, wow, that was powerful. Where does this authority come from? And then that last one was kind of, who do you think you are? (laughs) You know? And um, let's think about when Michael gave Toby the rock as the going away present says suck on this. But anyway, you're literally sitting here going, okay, you have different kinds of ways, different people saying different kinds of things, but they're all getting at the same thing. This dude has authority. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Where did it come from? Well, let me read one more. This one's really oh. good because this is in Capernaum. Ooh, um, so more. this is Luke 4, 31 and 32. And he went down to Capernaum. We know about that place, don't we? A city in Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. Mm. Bam. Okay. Yeah, so um, the, the other thing that you have to understand is Jesus was teaching... And, and everywhere he was teaching, he was making Pharisees mad. Yes. So the regular folk, let, let's just be honest. Let's put this in, in words that we can understand for just a minute. Imagine if you go to a conference where there are Christians everywhere, the stadium is full of people, and the guy that is speaking, all of a sudden you look around and you can tell all the pastors or whatever in the crowd are all like, red faced. Yeah, they're all like mad. Or you go with your pastor, and all of a sudden, you know, the pastor's looking at and going, you know, you can tell he's obviously mad. That had, I'm, and I'm, okay, listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not comparing pastors to Pharisees. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I'm, no, I'm, I'm trying to bring it into terms that we can understand. Yeah. Because well, they were the teachers, they of the were day. the teachers, so the right? They would have been, you know, yes. like the pastors are for us today. So yeah. you would know if one of the Pharisees that teach in your local synagogue mm-hmm. is there in the crowd and you're listening to this authority, you're listening to these words that are moving the entire crowd. But then you look at the guy who's responsible for teaching you Torah and he's his feathers are ruffled. You have to be going. Oh man, this is awkward, mm-hmm. you know, oh, because yeah. they're saying we recognize the authority, but all the leading teachers are mad. So where is this authority coming from? And that's what they want to know. That's what everybody wants to know. <laughs> it didn't say there, there are certain instances in scripture where these other Pharisees are asking Jesus by whose authority are you? They're basically saying, what rabbi did you learn from or yeah, did you study exactly. under? Uh, but some of these are regular people. Yeah, that are so going. We know. could tell. Mm-hmm. We could tell the authorities there. Also, that right there, that last one that you read, was shortly after. If you read that gospel, it was shortly after Jesus healed the guy's withered hand on the Sabbath, oh. and that made people mad. So then he was teaching on it. So then he was teaching on on that because they were like, "How dare you heal on the Sabbath?" I mean. Mm-hmm. God forbid somebody get their hand healed they could wait on a day of rest. Day. But anyway, so yeah, we're, we're sitting here. We have all these different instances in scripture where, where people are asking the question, where does this authority come from? Because here's the thing that you and I might not know, but we have to understand is there are three things, three major things that a rabbi with authority is able to do. Mm-hmm. A regular rabbi is not able to do these things, but a rabbi with authority is able to judge and give legal rulings, which means um, there's another scripture in there where the Bible says that a, a teacher of the law comes up and asks Jesus these questions, oh, trying to stump him, mm-hmm. and Jesus answered back to him. But um, the first thing, yeah, they, Jesus had the ability to judge and give legal rulings because he had authority. The second one is you get to do new interpretations of the text. But that's why Jesus was constantly going around and flipping things up sideways and saying, like, you've heard it say this, but I'm saying like this. He had that authority to do so. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is 
the rabbis with authority were able to raise disciples. Mm -hmm. And so that's what Jesus did. And when with the very first scripture that we opened up with on the podcast today was, uh, what was it in Matthew or Luke six, mm -hmm. Luke six, where Jesus chose the 12 mm -hmm. disciples. Yeah. He had the authority to do that because he was a rabbi with authority. But why the scriptures tell us specific times or the specific time where Jesus was given authority. Is that where we were headed next? Yeah, where, well, uh, the scripture where the Pharisees and oh, the elders yeah. actually challenged So him. Matthew 21, but thank you. But also, like, another thing, just while you're looking at that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Jesus also lived like a rabbi. They traveled, mm -hmm. and they they did side hustles, like Jesus uh, with, uh, they call it carpentry, but it what's the actual? Tech masonry. Tone? Yeah, tectone. Yeah, he did those things, and he would you know, stay at people's homes and things like that and go from place to place. That's what rabbis did because they wanted to teach the word of God in the synagogues and stuff like that. Yeah. So he was functioning like a rabbi mm -hmm. and specifically a rabbi with authority. So, yeah. Okay. So Matthew 21, uh, verses 23 through 27 say this. And when he entered the temple, he being Jesus, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Verse 24, Jesus answered them, I will also ask you one question. Remember this. Remember last week's episode where we talked about the art of questions. <laughs> Pharisees and other teachers of the law were good at you ask, a, if you're asked a question, you answer that question with another question. But as you answer that, your question answers the first question. I know that might sound confusing, but... I don't know how to do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Jesus has answered them and he goes, so I'll ask you one question. And if you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Verse 25, the baptism of John. From where did it come? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, then why did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold John, oh, they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered to Jesus, We do not know. And then Jesus turns and says to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Okay. Jesus. So so Jesus' mic drop moment with with these um, chief priests and elders as they come. Jesus is basically, he actually answered the question, if we think about it, in verse 25. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is saying, okay, I'm going to answer your question with this other question. And then, so they didn't answer. So Jesus is like, okay, well, if you're not going to answer me, then I'm not going to answer you. Yeah. Like, I, do, I don't, you're not authority over me. Yeah. Jesus is like, I don't know you. If they would have answered truthfully, which I, I love this because... I think that what the chief priests and the elders did right here is something that all of us do oh, yeah. on a daily basis. We weigh our options. So we're like, we answer. well, if we do this. Yeah, if we do this, we're going to make these like people this. mad. But if we do, do this, that. then we're going to. And, and so um, I think that that's why Jesus is just like, dude, shoot it to me straight. If they would have, Jesus would have told them the answer. But in a way, Jesus gave yes. the answer in his question anyway. And so we want to ask the question, 
how do you get authority as a rabbi anyways? Like they're saying by whose, you know, authority are you doing these things? Well, what is, you know, we kind of know what this authority means, but how would Jesus have gotten it? How would another rabbi with authority have gotten it? And it's actually called in the Hebrew, Ray Shoot is what. Ray Shoot. Ray Shoot. And so how do you get it? Okay. You actually get it through an ordination ceremony and it's called Shmicha. Mm, you have to send like a loogies up in there yeah we say in the middle it's good um that is what the ordination ceremony is called and you have to have two to three people and at least one rabbi with authority with reshoot so you would have the rabbi that you studied under mm-hmm. the the one that already has authority he would be performing the ceremony and you would have witnesses right you'd have two or three witnesses now everything in the hebrew culture hebrew law just day-to-day things you have to have one, like, was it two to three witnesses? Mm-hmm. Two to three witnesses shall a matter be, what What was it that Brad always said? Like, mm. they, like, a matter will be decided off of the witness of two or three, right? So um, I think that it's important. You can look through scripture and you can know that where two or more are gathered, gathered. In my name, name. I'm there in their Mm -hmm. midst. So there's there's a lot of references to two or three. Um, Actually, when the Bible says that you're supposed to confront somebody, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you have ought with them, you go and confront that person. And if they don't listen to you, then you come back with a witness. And so then that way, there's two of you when you come back with a witness. And so if you took somebody to court, if you wanted to sue somebody in the Hebrew culture, you had to have two or three witnesses and if you could get two or three witnesses that would testify to the same thing, an order, uh, something would be concluded at that point mm-hmm. because that's what you needed. If you had two or three people that could give the same exact testimony you did, I imagine some people probably got railroaded that way. But uh, it's it's just a, a fact. Every ceremony had to have two or three witnesses with it yeah. so it could be concluded. And, and in this one, you have the two to three. Yeah. And the rabbi with Ray shoot, and then they actually will lay hands on this rabbi, and then he will become a rabbi with authority or with Ray shoot. And that's yeah. how it is. Yeah. That's how the ceremony so, is. So they're pretty much asking, who was that rabbi that done laid hands on you? Yeah. They're, who, they're <laughs> like, which, which rabbi? I've never heard this teaching before. So what rabbi yeah. with authority gave you authority? That's, mm-hmm. that's the question that they're asking. But we know that I think it's incredible that Jesus in verse 25 back there in, in Matthew, Matthew, it's Matthew 21. 21 yeah. yeah. In verse 25. Sorry, Matthew 28. No, no, no. That's 21. 21 yeah. Oh, I'm confused. 21. Yeah, that's fine. yeah. So it goes back there in, in uh, <laughs> Jesus answers them. I will ask you one question. And if you tell me the answer, then I'll also tell you by what authority I do these things. Verse 25, the baptism of John. Interesting, yeah. Interesting that Jesus drops that because... It's not random, people. It's not, yeah, it's not random. And we've already talked about this on the podcast. Mm -hmm. We we just talked about it a few podcasts ago when we talked about Jesus being baptized by John to declare war on the kingdom of darkness. So Jesus is sitting here. He walks up to John in the water Mm -hmm. and he's like, you need to baptize me. And of course we can go through all this again. John says, no, I'm not worthy. You should baptize me. Jesus had no sin. So he had no need of a water baptism, but he was doing it to declare war on the armies of darkness. And also there was a double meaning. There was a double meaning. There was a double meaning. So then what happens? Jesus gets baptized and he comes up 
And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit descended from heaven as a dove and a voice, an audible voice came from the sky that says, this is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. And that right there was the moment that God said in there's two or three there was way more than two or three witnesses at the river this day when Jesus gets baptized but if i hear an audible voice from the sky that says this is my son he has no need of any human to give him authority because god just did it right then and there well this and is even my son. i was reading a lot of um uh what are the smart people's what do you so always say? Scholars? Scholars, yeah. <laughs> The smart people. The smart people. Um, I was reading, they actually believe that John was a rabbi with Reishu because of the fact that his teaching was so, it was a, a translation True. that True. other Pharisees and Sadducees and, uh, you know, the other types were not necessarily saying. So they said, if you step back and you actually look at his ministry, it looks like he was also a rabbi with Reishu, which would go, yeah. if you want to argue with the logistics of the Shemitah or whatever. Well, yeah, because John's whole backstory is a question mark. John enters in and he says, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and even Jesus asking, where did John, he literally is saying, where did John get his authority? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, because he done helped get my, you know what I mean? Like, he yeah. Was a and part and of my I ceremony. think that it was incredible that the, the leaders here were saying all the people believe John to be a prophet. Oh. So, so John had this huge following. And if John in that moment, as these scholars are saying, if John has authority and he baptizes Jesus he there transfer, mm. transfers that authority from himself to Jesus, and it's boom. And the people accept it as it is what it is because mm. John was wow. a leading prophet. That makes me think John didn't even... It makes me think. I don't know 100%, but it makes me think that John didn't even follow a rabbi and that he literally got his authority from heaven because that's literally what Jesus is asking them. <laughs> did he get be. it from heaven it or be. did he get it from man? Yeah, hmm. I don't know, but we also know... Uh, that later on, God doubles down mm-hmm. at the transfiguration. If you remember our episode on that, and he, he adds and he a little snippet. He adds said. it at the end. Listen to him. Not just, not just. This is my son, in whom I'm well pleased, whom I love. He says, listen to him. So then, that means that God is not only doubling down on what he said, but he's adding to it. Saying, and you know what people sure as heck did? What they listened to rabbis with authority. Oh yeah. Yeah, because we talked about we talked about last week in the in the education system. In order to even get to become a rabbi, it's thirty years of your life. You've made it to the pros. Of training. Yeah, you've made it to the pros, and then to get authority to be a rabbi with authority, you're in the hall of fame. Jesus is, um, I mean, not on the same level, but he's basically like in the debate. Like as we debate NBA players, some people say Michael Jordan, some people say LeBron James. We're literally talking about in the Hebrew world, people were literally saying, if you could get to be a rabbi with authority, you're, you're up there. Oh, you're, 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 you're the famous the, people. Yeah, you're in the discussion for, for greatest rabbi alive. You, you show know, up on E! The and goat. Inter- yeah, you show up on E! News with all yeah. the hellabaloo. That yeah, you, have all the, you, you know, have all the paparazzi but, following you around. I mean, people around. do follow you and they look at, yeah. they look at you because you have authority. But. Yeah, so why, why is Mount Arbel important? 
Mount Arbel is important in this discussion because Mount Arbel is also the place where Jesus tells the disciples to meet him in Matthew 28. Mm-hmm. Did you have, you have that written down in your notebook, No, right? do you? I do not. Okay, you want to so, look it up? Yeah. I can give them the whole thing. Okay, so yeah, on Mount Arbel, of course, we talked about in uh, Luke 4, I think, whenever Jesus was, pre- Luke 6. Um, and these days, you know, Jesus went out to the mountain to pray, right? He was talking about Mount Arbel, and that was whenever the 12 disciples were chosen as apostles. Oh, throwing pins over here. Throwing stuff. Sorry, guys. You're going really fast. Excited. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so there's another amazing thing that happened on Mount Arbel. Yeah. So, okay. So Matthew 28, the great commission. I, I think that we all, all of us that are followers of Jesus that have spent any time in the gospels at all, we know what this is. It's, it's preached a lot in taught a lot in, in churches, but it starts in verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain in which Jesus had directed them. That's Mount Arbel. Yes. Because it's in Galilee and it's the mountain. It's only mountain. It's right here. So, so we're here. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. Bam. Okay. So, so now Jesus. Not even some. Yeah. Authority. All. <laughs> all authority. Because now Jesus has conquered death. Like he, all authority. On, on earth and in heaven. Oh my gosh, that's powerful. So then he says in verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Mm. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the mm. age. Jesus is having a ceremony with his 11 disciples because we know that Judas ended up hanging himself after he betrayed Jesus for the 30 pieces of silver. So there's only 11 disciples now, but they're back on Mount Arbel, the same place that we've been talking about this whole episode. And Jesus is having a what? Shmiha. Ceremony. <laughs> you should with, put me on the spot. <laughs> with his 11 disciples. The same thing that was done there. Jesus was given all authority by God. This is my son whom I'm love, who I love and whom I'm well pleased. God hands that authority to Jesus. Jesus goes and he dies for you and for me. And then he comes back and he's standing on Mount Arbel with these 11 guys. And he goes, I have all the authority, but I'm delegating it to you. So go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And what's so amazing is usually, I mean, you will have a disciple that follows his rabbi for 12 to 15 years. They had Jesus for three years. And I just think it's so powerful, all of the all of the learning and all the growth. And mm. you see them. You see them with their crisis of faith. You saw Peter, you know, rebuke something Jesus said. Yeah. Jesus called him Satan. You saw all these things. You saw them fall. You saw them make mistakes. But you also saw them, their eyes completely open. You saw them, you know, worship Jesus. You saw them go out. I mean, when you read the rest of the New Testament, they go out to all the world preaching the gospel. Yeah. And I love this because when I, this was a part of an article that I read when the rabbi believed that his disciples were prepared to be like him he would commission them to become disciple makers Mm. and that's what Jesus has done did for his disciples and it has that is why we are where we are today because of what happened on Mount Arbel and it's just such a beautiful thing because you just see this beautiful story unfold and then you see 
where we are today. You even see later on whenever Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. It's the same picture. Mm. We are here. I love what Brad said. Let me find it really quick. That salvation and converts are not the end game. Discipleship is. I mean, discipleship, living life, helping people grow. The disciples walked behind Jesus so much. It's It was literally saying the dust of the rabbi's feet. Like yeah. you follow in the dust of their feet. You follow so close. Are we following close to our rabbi Jesus? Are we you know, discipling someone? Is someone discipling us? You know, you can ask all these different questions and kind of see where you're at with it and just how important this event was on Mount Arbel. Yeah, I I think that one one area that we've kind of lost a lot of focus in in on the like American church side of things is we we uh, all of our churches want to follow attainable goals, mm-hmm. measurable goals, if mm-hmm. you would say. So it's easy to keep track of converts. It's easy to keep track of salvations, how many people you're water baptizing, everything like that. And and those those are all good things, right? We, we need people coming to Jesus. We need people being baptized in both water and the spirit. We need we, we need all of these things in the body of Christ. But the goal was was never to just go, okay, this person came to Christ this week, so let's call it good. Yeah, you can't. It, it was all about discipleship. And last week we talked about what it what it meant to be a disciple. And the phrase that Brad used was called the dust of the rabbi. So you want to be so close to your rabbi. You want to be so close to your teacher that as he's walking in front of you, the dust from his feet is kicking dirt up on you. That's how close, that's the, that's the proximity to this person that you want to be. And making disciples is not something that is necessarily measurable. It, it's, it's not measurable. You, you have no idea. But one thing that Jordan said a second ago is, is 100% true. The, the connection here is that not only the, the scale of discipleship is once you have a rabbi that has authority, then they can make disciples, right? But as you're disciple making, it's your it's your responsibility to take those people and be discipling other people. That's why it's called disciple maker, mm-hmm. right? So it's not just about oh man, I I preached Jesus to this person and they gave their their heart to the Lord at this time. That's great. That's that's awesome. That's wonderful. But what's what's the discipleship process? What what it you know who is going to come alongside them and really teach them what following our rabbi is really about? Mm-hmm. Well, and you know a rabbi if if a rabbi with authority went through this ceremony and became a rabbi with authority, never in a million years would they have thought, oh, nice, I hit it. Okay, cool. I'll just go like do a trade. I'll go like chill. You know, all the all that that never was even thought of. He would go and people would come to him. And that's the thing. We have been given the authority. That's exactly what Jesus just said. Mm. What are we using our authority yeah. for the kingdom of heaven? Yeah. Are we using our authority for the kingdom of God? Yeah. That's a good question. And here's the challenge. One, one of the things in this teaching that really kind of wrecked me in that moment was Brad said this statement. He said, you can have conversions without discipleship. 
mm-hmm. but you cannot reach discipleship without conversions, right? So you can you can convert as many people as you want, but never disciple anybody. And the commission was go and make disciples. Don't go and make converts. Yeah, he literally said make disciples because the disciple makes disciples. <laughs> That's just what it is. That's just yeah. how it worked. Yeah. So in you know in in the in the big scale of doing everything right, like we understand faith works. We we understand all these things, and you know, like I know that there. I've met many people that like to keep track of statistics. Like I've this many people has come to the Lord in our ministry, and and all these things. And, and like I'm not talking trash on anybody, but the the thing is though, the if you're following someone. I think the challenge for all of us is who is that person discipling and who's discipling them? Because it throughout our lifetime, there's always somebody that's in the stage of life ahead of us that we can be looking at and being like, you know what, when I'm their age, I want to be in the position that they're mm-hmm. at. And then there's always somebody that's possibly in, in the stage behind us that's looking at us and going, man, if I can just get to where you are. And that way, each stage is being poured into along the way. But if you're sold out on on following somebody or you have somebody that has great influence in your life or maybe they're your teacher or something like that, I would just ask the question like how is the great commission being unfolded in their life? Are they making disciples and is somebody discipling them? And that's the challenge that I ask all of you mm-hmm. that are listening to this podcast today and that goes for us too accountability is crucial in the world that we live in. The, the opportunities to slip up are around every corner. It's, oh, yeah. You're, you're fighting off opportunities every day to, to just walk a little bit. Just keep your eyes off of the Lord just for a second, and you can slip up. You can go to the left or to the right. The storms of life can get huge. But here's one thing that stays the same. The commission doesn't change. The commission is to go and make disciples of all nations. And as long as you're doing that, then all these other things will kind of unfold in place. But accountability is huge. Discipleship is huge. A rabbi is somebody that would have had the the clout if his disciples were acting out of control. He's like, hey, straighten up, dummy. You know, like Jesus, when he turns around to Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan— if Peter would not have had that accountability in that moment, if it was up to Peter, he would have stopped Jesus going to the cross to give it all up for us. God's plan, well, I'm not saying God's plan would have been thwarted by Peter, yeah, just but what I'm saying is Peter had every intention of doing whatever he could to stop it. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's the call that we have today is understanding discipleship. It's, it's not just going to to a church service and raising your hand and saying lord forgive me you know count me as one of your own it's taking that extra step like who are you doing life with mm-hmm. who who is coming alongside you to to help build you up uh as as paul says who's going to help you get to the spiritual meat of the <clears throat> of the word and not the milk <laughs> And so that's the question that we have. That's the challenge that we have as modern day followers of Jesus is don't let discipleship become something that just means going to church. 
Don't let discipleship become something that you just read about in the Bible and you don't follow through with it. Because if it was important enough for Matthew to put this as the very last paragraph in his gospel, then that means that we need to read it and give it its due. Hmm. But if that's the commission, then that means that as a follower of Christ, I'm compelled to do it. Mm -hmm. But now we know how we have the authority, how we got it, how Jesus got it, and then therefore he passed it on to us. So it's on us. Nothing's stopping us. Mm -mm. But that's a challenge. That's, that's something that yeah. you can wrestle with this week. As, you, as, you, as this podcast comes to an end, I just, I just want you to know, wrestle with this. L look at everybody in your life, people that you respect, people that respect you. Look all over the place and be like, okay, can I? do I see discipleship happening in their life? Is discipleship happening in mine? If not, Lord, show me who needs to be discipling me so that I can be poured into and so that I can turn around and pour back out. And that's the commission. Mm. Well. Wow. So we commission you to come <laughs> back next week. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we commission you. So now you heard it here, folks. Challenge accepted. But anyway, no, uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed this one too. Yet again, I hope that these two kind of came together and, mm -hmm. and you learned something new, but also yeah. you were challenged through this new information that you mm -hmm. have because that's the ultimate goal as iron sharpens iron, we are here to sharpen the countenance of our friends. And that's what we hope to do on this podcast. But we hope that you guys learned something and we hope that you are blessed by it. But we'll see you here next week, same time, same place. Yes, we'll see you then. Bye.